You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco alongside Mark Nortz today. And now we're joined by the program director of the Special Education Intervention Program at Winthrop University, Brad Witzel. Brad, thanks so much for being with us today. Hey, I appreciate you guys inviting me. Awesome. So first, just tell us about, um, you know, the special education program and, and what students might expect if, uh, you know, they were to decide to join and, and, and major in that. Well, I, I came to here from the University of Florida because of the special education program. It was actually very well known. The, uh, the dean of the College of Education, when right before I came, actually had come on to the Today Show a couple times even and talked about his mission of trying to change the... Um, the opportunities for students identified with disabilities. So in our program, we have that same mindset where we're not really looking at the problems, we're looking at the solutions. We're looking at not what the student can always do wrong, we're looking at what the student can do right. And gotta tell you, it's a, it's a refreshing change to how often children are viewed for what they can't do. But in the program, we've got a, we've got a lot of opportunities. So as early as our freshman year, our candidates get to go out and get to go into the field and work in the local schools where we have just these amazing teachers who, who guide them through what to do and how to do it. We get in heavy methods later on and full year internship by their senior year. That's for the undergrad program. For the grad program, it's all about training teachers to be special ed interventionists. And in that, they provide something that in education world we know is multi-tiered system of supports and they become interventionists through that. So tell us a little bit about some of the the tactics or some of the, the training that you provide students to, you know, things that they'll need to know to be able to go out and work with students with special needs. Well, sadly, first and foremost, we have to do some behavior. So we teach about something called positive behavior intervention support. And positive behavior intervention support is really trying to find out why a student's acting in a way that is unexpected to you. And then trying to find out what we can do with that why. So it's it's an odd start, but let's say a student comes to us and they're saying, oh, this kid has so many troubles in class and he's always yelling or he's hitting other children. Well, instead of us just going in there and start getting mad at the child, we actually try to observe and find out when is he hitting other children, when is he yelling and getting mad, and why. And if we find out that actually in some cases the child's doing it to get out of work, as a high school teacher, I could recall several times where a kid knows he's about to walk into a test in third period, so in second period, he gets into trouble. That way, he gets to head to the principal's office and never has to go to the third period test. So what we do is we find out the reasons why, and then what do we do? We help him meet that why. So in other words, if he's trying to get out of that third period test, how do we help him get out of that in an appropriate manner without causing trouble in second period? So we first things we do is we, we teach that behavior. It's how to teach a child to get what they need and then slowly work on curbing that behavior so it's appropriate, right? But do it in the least invasive way if possible so the child doesn't cause harm to himself or others. Um, so we, we do a lot of behavior to start out with, and then we start doing a lot of academic intervention work. We work with other programs and departments about how best to teach reading, uh, finishing up a class now and how best to teach math. And today we just finished up with how to do al- how to teach algebra two for students with identified disabilities. So, so again, we we do a ton of methods, and again, we work so much with the field and those mentor teachers. So, that's just a little brief overview for you. 
Well, it's a lot in your brief overview. <laughs> but um, I guess what I'm kind of curious about is what type of of student would, would um, kind of gravitates towards uh, uh, this profession? Oh, sure. It's it's people like me, people like you. If the first group that always comes into our program, typically the first one to sign up, their junior year of high school, they know they want to go to Winthrop. It's the flagship for education in the state. And I want to become a special ed teacher. Why? Well, they end up having a family member or a friend or they did a buddy system in high school. But they started with familiarity. As students start coming to us through their sophomore years, what we learned is that they took part in another type of program. Maybe they went into a math and science or a literacy program or even an elementary ed program. And they went, man, I don't know. I kind of like the kids who struggle. I kind of like the challenge of turning around a kid's life. And then they come to they come to special ed and they realize that the majority of kids identified look knack like you and me. They just struggle academically. And then we find better ways to teach mm-hmm. them. So and, and one neat thing about our program is they walk out with elementary certification as well. So they can be a gen ed elementary school teacher in addition to being a special ed teacher. So so we have that wide overview. But again, they typically come in if they have familiarity and as they gain familiarity with other courses, they start going, man, I think I want to do that for a living. So that's how we built our program up. I noticed um, in your little bio here, it says uh, they work with high achieving students with disabilities, but it also says at risk concerns. Um, can you go into a little bit about what an at risk student is? Sure. There's, it, it's not always the easiest thing to talk about because behind the scenes, when you're looking at paperwork, there's all these at risk labels. And they deal with the income level of the family, the history of academic achievement of the family, and sadly, even some zip codes. We have certain areas where people live where just, there's just a lot of low achievement. Well, the reasons why we call those at-risk concerns is even if a kid's identify with a disability in some of those categories, we really don't know if they had a disability or they just fall so far behind after a while that it looks like something bigger. So... When I talk about high achieving, it's we found reasons to believe that a lot of our students who come to us and they identified with a disability, we can actually turn it around fairly quickly. I'll give you a scary, uh, scary statement here. The head of brain research in 1999, when defining what a learning disability was, they asked him and it, Reed Lyon, Dr. Reed Lyon did a, um, a, I think it was just like a forecast or type of uh, news report in L.A., and then during the interview, they said, so tell us about learning disabilities. And he says, well, what about it? And I said, well, you're finding some things to show that maybe there aren't learning disabilities. And he says, well, right now, and here's the quote, learning disabilities is a sociological sponge mopping up the ills in general education. Hmm. What he meant by that was every time that he had a kid as a neurologist, every time he had a child come to him with identified learning disabilities, he teaches them direct, explicit instruction using certain multimodal approaches that we do in our program. And suddenly they no longer have a learning disability. Their brain scans show that of a normal thinking child who's now just behind. So what we found is that a lot of times we have these kids identify with disabilities. They really don't have a disability. They just have gaps in their education. And we have to fill those gaps quickly. You're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day. Joseph Casco and Mark Nortz here this afternoon. And we're talking with Dr. Brad Witzel. He's the Special Education Program Coordinator at Winthrop. 
Dr. Witzel, a lot of uh, students and especially a lot of parents who might be listening today, one of the things they might want to know about is their job prospects, um, you know, majoring in your program. What kind of opportunities are there or what kind of need is there for teachers going into and interested in, in teaching special education? Like in North Carolina, South Carolina, is there a demand for people in that field? I, I'd, I'd love to tell you that, no, we're filled. There's so many people. Sadly, though, we get a lot of our students will be hired, well, unofficially by their junior year. A district will point them out and say what they want. Um, at this point, I do not have any students who have ever left our program who don't have a job. We get hired quickly. First, the need is huge. It is considered a high needs priority in the state of South Carolina and North Carolina. And sadly, every state that I work with, it is a high needs. Um, if so, in other words, if we've all heard about math being high needs, science being high needs, special ed's always been a higher need than any of those. There are very few special ed teachers. And it, it takes, a lot of people say it takes a special person. No, it takes a special skill set to be a good special ed teacher. So to, to acquire that skill set, we have a rigorous program for it. And I think a lot of districts know that. We just came back from a statewide conference right before this this um, pandemic you know, was announced. And I think at the time, let me just count by fuzzy my little head, I think I met with just walking down the hall, six or seven different districts, and they wanted to hire 10 of our graduates. Most of them were there, right? And they just walked down the hall and they said, we want to hire her, her and him. And I, so again, I'd love to tell you that we have so many special ed teachers. It's a hard job market, but it's not at this point. It is it's a very wide open job market and it has been for years. So our graduates get hired quickly, they get hired early and while wow, they sustain jobs in the area too. So if we switch gears a little bit do you do you have a favorite Winthrop story or a favorite Winthrop moment that you'd like to share with people? Man, yeah. There's too many small stories, right? If you talk about Winthrop globally for anybody who has ever heard of Winthrop, our basketball seasons of, of years gone by, the, those were always the big moments where you got to see your, yourself on you know, national news. And what's fun about that is we focus on individual learning. We don't focus on sports. We're not a big sports school. We don't have a lot of times where we sit there and go, oh, we're a big football school. No, we're not. We're not trying to be one. We're trying to be a learner school. We're, we're all about focus on academics. So those are fun little moments. But I tell you, as a professor, though, I've gone to three different weddings in the last three years. I, my, my, my students who graduate from my undergrad come to my graduate program, and I love that because they bring such a, a unique skill set to carry to the next. When they, I've got two of my former students who become principals in the area. I've got another one becoming a superintendent. So I, I got tons of little moments just where you get to watch your former students grow well beyond where you are in your own career. So nothing fun, nothing nothing exciting, just watching people grow. Yeah, I find that's a recurring theme with some of the faculty members we've spoken to. And I know just Mark and I, when we talk about things that we've enjoyed over the years is, is when you see a student move on and, and achieve success and and do something fun. It, it's fun to stay in touch with students and, and hear those stories as they as they move on. So, and I think, um, yeah, and I think the personal nature of Winthrop, right, where we connect so quickly with our students, we have many open office hours. Winthrop is as personable as you want it to be. 
And so for the students that reach out and want to connect, I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times I walk through a school and some strangers give me a hug. <laughs> and I'm there, they go, oh my gosh, I know his name, I know his name, right? Because it's been 10 years. And it's, oh my God, it's Ryan. How are you doing, Ryan? And then you're hearing all the stories about what they're doing, how they're keeping up, what's going on in their life. It, it, you got it. That's, I, I really appreciate how personable Winthrop is. And for that, it makes my job a lot more exciting. Well, you know that um, Eagle Air is a is a music station, and um, of course, we're you know in these troubled times where we're spending a lot of time you know by ourselves or you know trying to self quarantine. And um, a lot of people are talking about what gets them through. So we've been asking the question, you know, do you have a pandemic playlist? Do you have some go to music? That, um, that pumps you up for the day or gets you through a trying time? Um, anything in particular that you're listening to right now? I love it. A pandemic playlist. No, I <laughs> That's hashtag pandemic playlist yeah. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. That's not my to-do list. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, no, I think at times I, 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 I'm an oddball bird. I, I do like listening to some good classical music, some Tchaikovsky to get by, and every now and then, a little seal for some humming because you really can't sing the seal if you got to hum to him. And then I'm old. So anytime in eighties, let's say I watch a bad movie comes on because right now it's, it's, I can't turn on the TV at night. It's the same movie on replay. I swear. And then of course, Adam Sandler has to make me hear eighties music. So sadly, I got nothing that exciting. Memories. Well, very good. Um, Dr. Witzel, we really appreciate your time and um, thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. That was Dr. Brad Witzel, the Special Education Program Coordinator at Winthrop University, and you're listening to the Eagle Air broadcast of Virtual Winthrop Day.